What up, fam? It's your Nubian Scribe. I hope that you've been enjoying this podcast because I certainly enjoy bringing it to you each and every week. And if you like it, like I think you do, because you keep coming back, which is awesome, why not spread the word via your social media platforms? And if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Nubian underscore scribe. That's N U B I A N underscore scribe. S E R I B E. And there you can find a link to my books, which are on Amazon. I hope you share the love that I'm sharing with you. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Whoa. What is it? Cries for help? Struggle for social justice? Acknowledgement regarding our lack of complacency? And why is it considered a bad word by the Euros? My good friend DG says because they ain't benefited from it and causing them all kinds of consternation. Okay, but then I had to dig deeper into what he said. Specifically, I asked myself, is there a clear example of the Euros benefiting something that counters what they say on paper something that they can't refute something that they are still doing today something that the world over knows to be true or not then I thought about the US Declaration of Independence along with other European constitutions or declarations which on paper, grants equal rights to all of its citizens. But the United States Declaration of Independence specifically and clearly states that God made all men equal and gave them the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So that means that all men, right? should be treated equally that document was signed in 1776 but at the time that it was written and signed all men in the United States were not equal including women and in 1896 the United States Supreme Court ruled that separate but supposedly equal was okay. In that ruling, it subjected fam to a different kind of enslavement, one that ensured that they wouldn't gain one inch of equality or one ounce of social justice. So Jim Crow laws, they were allowed to continue until 1965. And for those who don't know what Jim Crow laws are, there were laws that enforced racial segregation and came with severe consequences and penalties if violated legally and oftentimes illegally during my conversation with DG about wokeness I learned his response to euros when they say things like slavery was then but this is now he said he tells them you and your parents y'all may not have been around when slavery was legal but in the 60s 
your parents were i was like dude that's deep i was taken back and frankly would have never come out with such a straightforward response we all heard that statement before but i've never would have come up with that one he might drop them euros in such a way they couldn't claim ignorance he said it reminds them of how fam had to sit in the back of the bus had to drink from separate water fountains had to take a test to vote and had been beaten by law enforcement for demanding social justice and equal rights so yeah not too long ago events that still should be fresh in their parents minds if not theirs then he says the young euros he come at them even harder he said they can't claim ignorance either because black people are still being discriminated against today and they can't say they don't see it another buddy of mine chuck he articulated ignorance and it goes to what dg was articulating to me chuck said ignorance it ain't bliss in fact he said it's quite the opposite chuck said ignorance is pain and that we were and are kept in the dark about our history and that not having factual data creates situations for us to be misled by those empowered with the truth or who we trust to tell us the truth he also said that ignorance is a tool it's being used to keep us in continual bondage an example that i come up with juneteenth which is short for june 19th and that's the day that slaves in texas learned that they were free the emancipation proclamation that actually freed them it was issued on january the 1st 1863 but the euros in texas they kept that little nugget to themselves for an additional two and a half years so yeah ignorance is far from being bliss and fam dearest today they can't claim ignorance like dg was saying to these young euros they can't ignore the fact that these karens and these kens are calling a popo on us for doing things that they like to do such as having cookouts in the park sitting inside a starbucks minding our own business selling kool-aid in the front of our house shopping at department stores standing in a hotel lobby with your father holding an iphone or renting an airbnb if those aren't incidents of racism then what are they if racism doesn't exist anymore then why are euro farmers suing the united states government today to stop them from paying black farmers for the racial discrimination that those black farmers were subjected to and continue to be subjected to. Such things like giving Euro farmers loans to sustain their business and their family farms and denying them to fam, to me, <laughs> racism, that's very easy to discern. I just gave you a very good current recent example. fam if one race of people is being treated more favorably than another 
to the detriment of that other race, then hell, that's racism. And anyone who doesn't understand that is, well, let's say it together on three. One, two, three. A misinformed individual. What? Did you say racist? Oh, my bad. But peep this. The Euros went through their intellectual and political awakening, which they affectionately refer to as their age of enlightenment and their renaissance period. Hell, they even have artwork from that time period that they buy and sell for millions of dollars. So why not us? I'm not talking about the artwork, although you can find some Black Lives Matters at the salon or the barbershop, but really, actions, they speak louder than words. Take the 1619 Project. The Euros, they don't want nothing remotely related to that project being taught into that school. What is it, you may ask? I got you. The 1619 Project? But first, 1619 is the year that our ancestors first stepped foot, and not voluntarily, in what's now called the United States as enslaved people. So the project, as it's called, aims to, well, I think Professor Leslie M. Harris' words best describes it. She says, the 1619 Project is a much-needed corrective to the blindly celebratory histories that once dominated our understanding of the past. Histories that wrongly suggested racism and slavery were not a central part of U.S. history. Wow. That's a deep system. She's a professor at Northwestern University. Teaching that will prompt the Euro kids to ask questions. I hope will prompt them to ask questions to their parents. Like, what's the difference between today and then, other than the lack of change? I would love to hear the Euros' parents respond to that question. So fam, the Euros, they've been lying to their young for the, from the jump. They got their kids believing that we are the reason for the pain and suffering that we are being currently subjected to. They're refusing to teach their young the true story of how race slavery played a major role in the development of their nation and now ours. For example, they teach them and our young about the Mayflower, but don't say a darn thing about the Amistad. The Amistad, which was a Spanish slave ship, its story is equally important. And in 1839, it became a major part of United States history, which can't be erased or whitewashed, thanks to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Amistad, it was carrying fam who were captured in Mindyland, which is now called Sierra Leone, and they were enslaved in Cuba. And, well, let's just say they had had enough of them chains and them whips and took matters into their own hands. And after fam got done <laughs> handling their business, Amistad was headed back to Africa or 
at least that's what fam thought instead of sailing to africa the ship headed north and wound up on the east coast of the united states where the ship and its cargo i.e fam wound up the subject of the united states court system where the euros were arguing about who owned the ship and its cargo and in the end the united states supreme court said fam could go free so why not teach that in schools is it because fam commandeered a slave ship and although the person who was supposed to be selling it to africa they sailed it to the united states well you know how that go we still getting duped now or is it because fam had the audacity to fight for their freedom or because the slave owners lost their case in court which resulted in their cargo being freed and sent back to africa most likely i picked door number three now don't get it twisted the court case it wasn't truly about fam but more about the law of the sea who owned property found at sea And since northern states had abolished slavery by 1804, the United States government nor the slave owners of the Amistad could legally claim or say that FAM was property. Therefore, the Supreme Court said FAM had to be set free. FAM's lawyers, who were hired by the abolitionists, argued to the court that FAM had been kidnapped from the motherland as freed men. And since slave trading was illegal in New York, since New York was a northern state, they should be set free. And the court agreed. Thank God that they didn't wind up on the southern shore because they would have been in chains headed back to Cuba. So after the Supreme Court said, uh-uh, send them back to Africa, the United States government came up with a new argument. They said their fans should be imprisoned for illegal slave trading because slave trading in New York, northern states was illegal. Now, according to the government, FAM had commandeered a slave ship and sailed it to the United States, <laughs> which is not true. That ship was being sailed by the slave owners. Now, rational and free-thinking people should applaud the Supreme Court response. It said, FAM could not have possibly intended to import themselves into the United States as slaves or for sale as slaves. Who, in their right mind, will commandeer a slave ship, sell it, somewhere where they can be enslaved and sell themselves into slavery. The strides that the Euros would take to keep us in bondage is insane, or worse, deadly. Here's a present day example. The Popo, saying that they are fearful of their lives when chasing fam who was 50 yards away, running away from them at the time that they shoot fam in the back. Let's discuss the other hot button issue that's upsetting the Euros. 
critical race theory. What is it? First, critical race theory, as articulated by the American Bar Association, Civil Rights and Social Justice Group, says it is a practice of interrogating the role of race and racism in society. Specifically, as noted by Kimberly Crenshaw, who coined the term critical race theory. She says it critiques how the social construction of race and institutionalized racism perpetuate a racial caste system that relegates people of color to the bottom tiers. She says it also acknowledges that the legacy of slavery, segregation, and the imposition of second-class citizenship on black Americans and other people of color continue to permeate the social fabric of this nation. Quite simply, it's a review of and an acknowledgement that race does play a major role in Euro's decision-making to the detriment of black people. Now, the Euros believe that critical race theory is an attempt by black people to teach their kids that all Euros are racist and that they should be ashamed of their heritage. As articulated by the American Bar Association, Civil Rights and Social Justice Group, and by Ms. Crenshaw, that is simply not the case. I believe what they are suggesting is that the only way to move forward beyond race and color is to acknowledge the wrongs of the past and the effects that they are having today on people of color and teach the young that those wrongs weren't acceptable then and are not acceptable now. Anything less than that perpetuates the marginalization of black people. To show you how effective the campaign to marginalize our Renaissance period or our age of enlightenment, as we call woke, just look at how the Euros are using our word woke for intellectual and political awareness as something other than what we intended it for. NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers is alleged to have said this in response to been calling out for possibly misleading fans about his COVID-19 vaccination status. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. Now I ask, what mob? Us? Bruh. We could give a rat's you-know-what if you are vaccinated or not. And what in the hell does your vaccination status have to do with us and our fight for social justice? Absolutely nothing. Come on, man. Don't diminish our efforts for equity in life and our struggle to find solutions to keep knees off of our necks and Karen's from calling the popo on us for just doing what you do or plain existing. Bruh. Woke for us is more than a mantra. It's a mission. A calling for us to be vigilant while navigating through this new Jim Crow era. Here's another example how the Euro's campaign to marginalize us is further taking shape. They now say that black folks could not have built these massive structures 
on a continent of Africa. And that aliens, <laughs> aliens came down from Earth to Earth in spaceships and provided fam with advanced tools and equipment to build these massive structures. Just because the Euros can't figure out how we did it, just ask us. We'll tell you how they did it. So fam, you don't believe this? Google this. Pyramids and aliens. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, you're going to see one article from the BBC and the article is entitled Egypt Tells Elon Musk Its Pyramids Were Not Built by Aliens. And that article is dated August the 2nd, 2020. As I recently told a loved one, the Euros, they must be terrified of us, our minds, and of our spirit. If they weren't, then they wouldn't be putting so much effort into marginalizing us as a race and as a people. And since they haven't been successful at either, they are distorting our truths. But by our very existence, we are proof positive that we are more than flesh and blood, but an identity that will live on in infamy. Now, before I sign off for this week, I want you to check out the cake bar which is located in Dallas, Texas. This is not an ad. This is somebody that I want you all to support. It's a sister. She owns it. When I was in town, I dropped by. I heard so much about it. Me and my crew, hell, next time we're in Dallas, we're going back. So, support. Tell them that the Nubian scribe sent you. Now, you ain't gonna get no discount, <laughs> but you will get some good cake. One love.